Hi there, my name's Adam Parr. I'm the podcast host, the Parr City Podcast. In this podcast, you'll be listening to me connect with people from different walks of life, from the military to people in the music industry to people in the self-help industry and many other areas of life. In this podcast, I'll be talking about topics from self-help, mental health, motivation, spirituality, mindset, society, current affairs, and much, much more. If you enjoy this podcast, please subscribe, share, and let me know your feedback. My main intention on this podcast is to have a positive impact. For you, the the listener, to take something positive from it, to apply something positive into your life from this. Now, with without further ado, let's get into this podcast and enjoy. Hi, and welcome to the podcast. In this episode, I'm joined with Manuel Estruc. Manuel is a general adult psychiatrist and coach for high achievers who want more success, happiness and impact. Manuel is also a public speaker that has held many speaking events. In this podcast, we talk about work-life balance, mindset, motivation, burnout and Manuel's story as well. Now, sit back, relax and enjoy this episode. Tuning in, trying to find out how to win Go along and tell a friend Marathon, you know the game Keep on running, never end Getting better, make a man Adam got it, Adam got it, Adam got it, Adam got it Parsivity, 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 Tune in Manuel, it's, um, it's great to have you on the podcast today. How are you doing? I'm great. Thank you for having me here. It's awesome. Good, good. No, it's a pleasure to have you on. And um, yeah, I just kind of thought I'd start by you know, introducing you and uh, asking you know, how you kind of got into what you do, because I see you're, you know, you're a psychiatrist, coach, speaker. So this is uh, the point in the, in the uh, interview where I take off my psychiatry hat and I put on yeah. my coach hat, right? Yeah. <laughs> so as, as a psychiatrist, we, we don't really self-disclose. We don't talk about ourselves with our patients. It's all focused on the patient. But as a coach, it, it's you know, much more relevant and, and reasonable to, to be talking about our experiences and, and what we've been doing. So I've been a psychiatrist for, for you know, well over 20 years, and I've had a private practice uh, where I've been very busy and very successful. And about 12 years ago, I got super burnt out. I was emotionally exhausted. I was um, cynical and snarky. I didn't feel effective at my job anymore. And it was literally one day in September 2008 um, that I was sitting in a dark room and I was just beside myself, you know, and I was, was thinking something has got to change. I was at the end of my rope. And across from me was a picture of my, my twin sister, Magdalena, who uh, in that picture, she's smiling and she's literally glowing. 
and what you can't tell looking at the picture is that um, she's wearing a wig because she was going through radiation at that time. And the month before, in, in August 2008, Magdalena had passed away after three years of battling with, with brain cancer. And what was striking to me, what was uh, a very sharp contrast was her last three years, she lived with such grace and humility and love for life and for people. And here I was very healthy and, and everything going for me. Um, and I was absolutely miserable. And it was in that moment that I like just committed. I drew a line in the sand. There was a moment of truth. And I said, like, no matter what going forward, I've got to enjoy the ride. So for the last 12 years, it's been just a journey for me to, to transform my, my attitude and my life from the outside still looks very much the same. I still work a lot of hours, still, you know, 12 hours a day of, of you know, talking to patients now instead of seeing patients. Um, and, and then a couple of hours of calling in prescriptions and returning phone calls. But I've also built in a lot of things that, that help to keep me fresh. And my, my latest has been, you know, doing coaching with entrepreneurs to really help them develop their, their mental fitness. And also talking more about, um, you know, a community of, with, with people uh, elevating the discussion around mental health, burnout, addiction, trauma. Um, so we can elevate the conversation and decrease the stigma because people don't have to be alone with these afflictions and the suffering that's related to them like I was so many years ago. Yeah, no, definitely. And I think like, you know, you had like that experience happen with your, you know, your sister. And you know, that was kind of like a turning point in realization, you know, for yourself because, you know, that happened. And then you just think like, you know, I've got all this happening but I'm, you know, I'm not okay. And I think like that happens to like a lot of people, doesn't it? I think we get so caught up in everything happening around us and society and stresses that people almost, you know, just kind of react in, in that reaction mode and not satisfied, like kind of, and I think it's great now that you, you know, you're helping people, um, you know, to develop and become better and to, you know, realize this problem. Yeah, you're, you're absolutely right. So what I say is that, you know, stress is part of life. Um, the, uh, on a planet with gravity, there's going to be boo-boos and we're going to fall down. We're going to get hurt. And uh, there's, a, there's a researcher from Stanford, David Zaplaski, and he studies stress in, in humans. And then he goes to Africa and he studies stress in baboons. But when they ask him, you know, what is stress? He says, you know, for hundreds of thousands of years, stress was when something was going to kill you. <laughs> like there was like a moment of stress and then your body would have a reaction to fight or flight and it would get ready to either survive with an injury or, or to be dead. Um, and that was what stress was. It was, it was a momentary thing. And for us humans, uh, we can imagine all the bad things that can happen to us. We imagine, you know, we have taxes due, we have rent due, we have COVID. There's all these things in our head constantly. So now we have this chronic level of low grade to high grade demands on our bodies. And we are always um, on high alert, like, like we're about to die. Like there's a line right next to us. And having the, the ability to overcome that and to change that and to modify that helps us uh, a tremendous amount in terms of our own mental well-being and in our physical health. Yeah, no, I completely agree with you. And I think they're really good points. And I think like as well, 
would you say, you know, during COVID, you know, there's been like an increase in that, like you said, because people, you know, might be unemployed or they might have payments mm. checks and this kind of thing. Would you say you've kind of noticed in people that kind of elevate during that this time? Yes, I mean, they're, they're very real fears, right? So, so there's, you know, mm. the, the reality is that there's a, a lot of suffering in, in the world and, and something like COVID brings in a tremendous amount of, of um, mm. mental anguish. Um, and then people get mad uh, at, you know, their, their neighbors who are not wearing a mask or because their neighbor is wearing a mask. Um, you know, <laughs> humans being humans and... We, we constantly are thinking about these things that we don't have any control over and, and making ourselves very miserable in, in the meantime. And when I started my coaching company, it was all about, it was three years ago, I just noticed everybody focusing on things they couldn't do anything about. And it was, you know, let's focus on who you are and let's focus on your wishes, your aspirations and who you're becoming. That's your next act. Who are you becoming? Who do you want to be? And then your next act is what are the actions you're actually doing right now to help you to get there? And let's mm. let go of, of all the things we don't have control over. Even though, you know, the reality is that some of that stuff really sucks. It's really very painful and it's very real. Yeah, no, no, exactly. And I think like you said, people kind of focus on, you know, the things that they can't control. And I think like people, we naturally kind of want certainty, don't we? We, we like to know how it's going to pan out tomorrow. We like to kind of know that. And I think like you said, people, uh, they get so caught up in looking at the things they can't control, like, um, you know, like say the news, COVID, um, you know, lots of things. And that, that, that causes this anxiety. Um, and you said like, you know, by focusing on, having like a plan almost, uh, you know, focusing on things that you can control and, you know, where is it that you kind of want to be going? Right, right. Taking the focus off of other people and what they're saying and how they're responsible for your upset feelings and thoughts and, and mm. really what are you doing today? Yeah. Like as well, like where where do you think is a start, good starting point for people to try, you know, to try and get grounded, you know, with their experience and that? Um, no, great question. And I'll tell you what I did. And, and then we can maybe go back and, and, and look at some yeah, of, the, of the foundational you know, concepts around that. So when I was burnt out and I decided I'm going to start to enjoy the ride no matter what, there were a couple of things that I did immediately. So the first thing that I did was I cut out negativity um, that I was exposing myself to. Our brain is primed by the environment that we put it in, and we're very sensitive to that, and we don't really recognize it. So something like the, the news media, and, and I don't think that the news media by and large is, is an evil entity, but it's, it's not there to soothe you or to teach you. It, it's there to like get your attention and to keep it focused on it, right? Um, but taking my eyes off of that. I stopped listening to even like in the morning, I used to like listen to uh, the sports radio, but they stopped talking about human excellence and the, the stories of overcoming obstacles. They were talking about the dramas and the bickerings and the scandals. Um, I stopped listening to that stuff. And instead I started listening to things like this, like, you know, podcasts of positivity, podcasts of human ambition and overcoming of obstacles and just, things that inspired me, um, I forced myself to stop focusing 
on negativity. So there were lots of pressures and stressors that, that I had, how many hours I was working, you know, how much I owed, you know, in, in, in you know, taxes and that, you know, the, the tax bill was due, how much, you know, so all the negative stuff that I would just wallow in, you can't really stop those thoughts, right? Your, your mind has those thoughts, but you don't have to put that much attention to them. I, I literally, um, put up blinders to them so that I can focus on the future and in what I wanted. I focused on starting an exercise program. So I'm a physician and I'm supposed to be living a healthy, but I, I wasn't working out. I was eating terrible. And I focused on just a couple of different things, moving more. And I built that out into a really solid exercise program. But initially it was just a little bit of movement every single day, like literally two minutes uh, a day, a couple of push-ups, a couple of sit-ups, repeated every day. And then it turned into a much more, you know, for, for 12 years now, I've been exercising regularly. Um, I started to eat better. I focused on one meal, like, like, don't change everything. It was like breakfast. I focused on having a better breakfast. And then I built that out over time to a much more solid nutritional plan. Not perfect by any stretch, but better. Um, sleep, regular sleep. Like I, I, got that very dialed in and structured, you know, I need my sleep. It's one of the best things that you can do for your brain. And then a meditation practice that I've been working on building in for, for years now. So sleeping more, eat better, move more, cut out negativity, um, and keep the focus on the future that you want. Those were the things that I initially built out for myself. Yeah, no, that's, I think it's great that you did that and you was able to, you know, to have that kind of self-awareness and kind of draw a, a line in the sand and say, this isn't serving me. This is kind of, you know, how I want to live now and putting them in those steps. And I think it's key what you mentioned as well. I think like, you know, there's small steps that, you know, I think I, I sometimes set loads of targets I need to do. And it's like, I've kind of came to realize you can't, you know, you kind of have to break them down a little bit to then be able to, implement it and i think that's key in what you said as well just to take those small steps and then they lead up to become bigger steps over time and uh you know getting the right you know sleep you know in your sleep patterns and regularity and you know the content that you kind of consume because i think like social media as well you know i won't get too much into it but it has pro there's pros and cons of it and i think it's that kind of balance isn't it you know with that side of things but yeah. you know the news and the, and the media kind of you know be mindful of what you're looking at because that's ultimately going to affect probably how you feel especially if you listen to certain things first thing in the morning as well absolutely true yeah and um as well like have uh did you did you always kind of think that you would go into this kind of field like you know before you was doing this did you ever think that you you'd be doing this I, I couldn't have imagined that I'd be doing the things that I'm doing today. Um, just so, so to, to look like way back, um, I didn't really think I would become a psychiatrist. I, I was, um, when I was young, I was good at math and science. So people said you should become a doctor. So I said, okay, <laughs> I'll be a doctor. Um, so you study hard in, in you know, uh, and here it's high school and then college and then medical school. You just learn how to work hard to get good grades so that you can get to the next level. But it wasn't very intentional. Um, yeah. you know, I didn't really look at other things that I might have liked to do. Would I have liked to have done business or 
uh, accounting or, or something else. Uh, it was it was just sort of the, the next step on this goal to be what people said would be a good career. Um, mm. And I'm very happy with it in the long run. When I went into psychiatry uh, in medicine, it was the last thing on my list that I would have picked. But mm. what happened was that there were two pieces. Um, I thought that I liked all parts of medicine. So I was thinking of becoming a family doctor, but when I was in my family uh, practice rotation, so we, we spent six weeks in, in a rotation just studying you know, OBGYN or surgery or family practice, Everybody would come in and say, I've got, you know, headaches and I'm all stressed out. And then they'd say, I have a rash and I'm all stressed out. I have asthma and I'm all stressed out. Everybody came in with something and they were all stressed out. So I was thinking someone should do something about that. That would be a, a problem to, to, to help people with. And then the other thing was that I discovered after my work was done, we would spend time in the hospital working with, with patients. And after I was done studying, I would go back to the patients that I was treating and I would just hang out with them, the ones that didn't have family or visitors. And I would just have them tell me about their lives. And, and I found that I just loved, loved listening to people tell me stories about their lives and growing up and what things were like for them. Um, so as a result of those experiences, when it was time to pick my specialty, I, I was hesitating, but I said, you know what I really liked was psychiatry. I'm gonna, I'm gonna commit to psychiatry. So that's, that's what I did. And when I got into coaching, I never thought I would do coaching, but it was sort of the same thing. I was really very much led to it and I had to um, overcome my own mental obstacles. Um, you know, I'm a psychiatrist and a professional. Now I'm going to do coaching as well. But, but it's, it's really much more about not just uh, helping people get back to functioning, people who are sick, but people who are doing okay, do even better. Yeah, no, exactly. And I think I think it's like really good that, you know, you're following something that, you know, you enjoy and that you love and, you know, you're providing value to other people by, you know, helping them. And, you know, like you said about like stress, um, do you like, would you say that, you know, a lot of people's stress, you know, like has, you know, their, their mental health, you know, has like pretty impact, big impact on their, their uh, physical health. And it's almost like some people, they're not aware of that. Like you said, you know, they might have asthma or chest pains or, xyz and then they're on prescription drugs or whatever for however long um you know where like because you mentioned that people like yourself you got burnt out you know through, through working yeah. um and things like that you know where where do you think that, that kind of change needs to take place to people you know for people to get more mindful do you think like um you know before you know so that they don't kind of reach that point of burnout if that makes sense so the, I, I think that, you know, there's a couple of things for us to be aware of as individuals. And it's part of why I like talking about this is, is mm. to raise awareness um, for individuals and for um, people in business and um, entrepreneurs and leaders. Um, a couple of factors that, that lead to burnout is number one, you know, high work demands. Um, and high work demands where you don't feel you have much control and high work demands, low control, and you don't think that there's much of a purpose behind what you're doing. Um, and you don't think that you're being rewarded or valued. 
And then if there's a sense of, you know, injustice or unfairness um, in, in what you're doing. So all of these things, when they get lined up, can, can all lead to this, this syndrome of burnout. And burnout is, is the, the three components to burnout is emotional exhaustion, um, a, a cynical attitude that you develop. You just get very, very... Um, cynical towards the world, and then you no longer feel effective at work. And whether you are on the continuum, so the continuum, you know, stressed out, burnt out, you can start to numb out with unhealthy things, drinking and partying and drugs and, you know, too much Netflix or whatever, too much food, um, or depression, Right, so so on this continuum, wherever you are, all of these factors can can be difficult for you. And then what we can look for for helping people with burnout, there's there's a number of things that I talk about. So for example, one thing is uh, you know three uh, pieces that in a job lead to more job satisfaction. So if you look at lists of what people say make them happy at work. So we all think that money, like, like what are you getting paid is going to be like a high thing on the top 10 list. And it really comes in like less than five. It's like number seven, number eight, number six on, on various scales that, that people do. But the, the top three things that are talked about, number one is autonomy, a sense that you have some ability to, to impact uh, your work and what you're doing. Another thing is a sense of mastery, a sense that you're getting better and better and that, that you know, you're growing with the work that you're doing. And then the, the third one is purpose. Um, and if we look at how to add that in a, in a way that that's um, achievable, uh, Marcus Buckingham, who's a, a social psychologist, I believe, he talks about the 10% rule. He says if 10% of your workday, you're doing something that you really, really like intentionally and you're looking forward to it and you're really kind of um, highlighting that in your day, it's not just kind of incidental. Um, that 10%, so, so whatever that is, an hour, 45 minutes, can, can offset a lot of things. And that 10% of something that you enjoy is likely to be something that you feel like there's a good purpose behind it. There's autonomy. You like doing it and you can't wait to do it. Um, and, and there's mastery. It's usually something that you're getting better and better at. So, so that's a good little shortcut to, to, to be finding ways to offset. Now, stress is always going to be part of the equation. And that's where that, that you know, eat, sleep, move, meditate, um, kind of thing can, can help to offset some of that. Mm. Yeah, no, I think it's really, like, really important on what you said. And I've, I've definitely seen, you know, I've definitely worked in hotels and places. And, you know, I'm, I'm pretty you know, where as a person, and I've seen it in like, you know, chefs, especially, you know, you probably have yourself and yeah, so many high demands. <laughs> it's crazy. And we went through, I think we went through like six head chefs in like three months. Oh my gosh. Yeah. And two or three managers and staff were in and out. And like you said, it was all down to these things like you just described then, you know, the, the expectations and you know people not feeling valued in the place and all of these things and it, it's um like you said it's so important to have that that purpose you know to to know that you're 
you have a purpose and you like you know you belong in what you're doing yeah. and yeah. to see that that growth in yourself in that position um was i think like a lot of jobs well, i mean i'm not going to name drop any jobs or uh you know corporations but like in some, some corporations and um businesses people are just spinning their wheels aren't they probably yep. and they're not yep. then they don't don't feel like they've got a purpose they yeah. don't feel like they're growing and they're you know they they probably want to be doing they probably want they're probably looking at someone else who's above them and they're not yeah. really feel like yeah. they're getting there yeah. it's interesting isn't it and and you look at um corporations or, or businesses and there's there's lots of ways to think about how to make things better um Again, we can wait for a leader to show up who makes everything better, right? Someone else is going to solve the problem. And sometimes that's how it goes. But, you know, as individuals in um, a machine, the, the way that I like to encourage people to think is, you know, leaders are people who help other people, right? So help more people to help more people. So whatever position you're at, um, if you're working to lift others up and help others out, um, that starts to produce a culture where uh, that ability to, to have more purpose, more mastery, more meaning um, can, can all come to fruition. And, you know, whatever position you're in of leadership, to, to be aware, so someone's keeping their eyes out on the demands, the controls, and they're doing what they can to, to support their people, um, pat on the back. You're valuable. You did a great job. That was a terrible night. Like that customer was impossible to please. That happens sometimes. It's not your fault. Um, you did great with them anyway. Right. Um, to, to have that recognition and someone like just paying attention and, and, you know, uh, I've waited tables. <laughs> there's some people you can't please, like there's no pleasing them. Um, yeah, and to have true. someone afterwards come by, you know, a manager and say, Hey, you did a good job. There's, it was you know, not, not, not your fault. You know, that feels good. Yeah, no, I completely agree. I think that's, that's a really great point. And that, you know, I, like I said, I've worked in those places as well. And you sometimes can be working like very hard. And like you said, there's people that you can't please and it can affect your self-esteem if you take it personally and, you know, and, and if you haven't got that kind of positive kind of role model or that kind of like um, manager or boss that says, you know, great job, or if they don't say that, oh, I've had it where we're in places and it's like, you're like, why am I here? Why am I doing this? And then if they then do say, or someone else says, oh, you know, you did well there, or good job, it, it does make that difference. You're more likely to want to go back to work and to, to, to do well, haven't you, as well? And um, would you say, you know, kind of what we're talking about and, uh, you know, mental health and this, this well-being and burnout in the workplace, do you think that because of COVID um, um, that it's highlighted more, would you say? I, I think, you know, the, the current circumstances have been uh, a rude awakening for, for a lot of us. Um, we've, we've sort of lived in a, in a bubble, you know, where the, the last... 20, 30 years, you know, as, as a society, we forget um, where we came from. Like, it wasn't that long ago that, that we didn't have clean water and more people died from drinking water than from, from you know, so, so we take so much for granted. And the fact that we're being inconvenienced with, you know, a virus, a pandemic, um, it, it's almost 
um, shocking to us given what we have known. But, but you know, a student of history says, you know, it wasn't that long ago that people didn't have clean water. Um, you, you, you were taking your life in your hands where, with, depending on what you were drinking. Um, and uh, it, it has been difficult. So we need two parts to process, I think. One is, you know, acknowledging the brutal reality, right? You know, it's hard when you get locked down and you're worried about paying the rent and feeding your kids. Like, like that's mm. hard. That sucks. That's terrible. Mm. Um, so, so we validate the brutal reality and then we work on, you know, mindset and working on ourselves and, you know, getting through it. Um, and you can't flip the order. Otherwise you, 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 you crack. Um, mm. It's like, you know, if you're trying to be positive and you're not uh, validating, this is hard. Um, you know, that, that makes it that much easier to crack under the pressure. Yeah. No, that's it. I, I, um, I was talking to somebody and they said that people like in this situation, you know, they need to kind of be honest, you know, be, you know, be honest with themselves because, you know, to kind of see what's happening in the situation that everyone's probably feeling a bit of, you know, anxiety and, you know, stress in some some area during this, and like I said, to 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 change, they kind of you know, people need to look at it and kind of see what's going on because it's like you said, if you're not accepting or identifying, you know, those, those stresses, and that's just going to like make it worse. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, exactly. And would you say as well? Um, like for people to change, you know, for people who are experiencing burnout, you know, does it, is there like a time frame on how long it takes for someone to kind of get back on their feet? Like how long is that process? I think it's going to be um, different for everybody. Okay. And it, it depends on the continuum where, where someone finds themselves. You know, one of the important things to recognize is that, you know, burnout can become depression and depression requires getting help. Um, because there's, you know, with depression, there's an impact on your ability to function. Um, with burnout, it hasn't quite gotten to that point. But, you know, the, the, the first steps really are about recognizing that you're not yourself, right? Mm -hmm. your, your energy is down. You're, you're becoming cynical. You're not feeling effective at work. Uh, and then to, to make a decision that something has to change and, and figure out what you're going to be changing within what's in your power to change. Mm. Would you, would you say like kind of burnout can happen, not just in work, but like, you know, relationships, would you say, would you say burnout's in more than one place? No, I mean, that's a, that's a brilliant point. Um, so they're looking at burnout with COVID. They look at, you know, burnout with parenting and, yeah. you know, in, in, caregivers of, of you know a, a, a parent who's old and maybe has health problems or dementia and you become the primary caregiver so so burnout can certainly occur in all walks of life it's not just related to work mm. yeah and um i think that's something that you know i won't get too much into it, but i think that's something that you know I, I was mindful of you know during the pandemic i think you know relationships with certain people yeah you kind of you you would just realize that like, i I broke up with my, you know, the girl that I was with and, you know, there was just this, you know, 
yeah, everyone's different, but you know, there was this kind of feeling of burnout almost, and this kind of like, and I identified that, and you know, you have to look after yourself, don't you? Really, at the end of the day, but um, like I, I don't know if you've looked much into this, or I, I've only just seen a little bit in the media. Is like you know, video game companies, and when they're trying to get a video game out, uh-huh. um, is that they'll be doing overtime, and then these 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 workers are doing like crazy hours. And in some game companies, they're, they're sleeping over in the office and then waking up the next day in the office to get the game finished. And yeah. Um, yeah. there was that cyberpunk recently, which came out. And the, the workers have got to go back to work and to patch it and finish this game over Christmas because it wasn't complete. So do you, do you think there's certain kind of like industries where like burnout is pretty um, kind of more, more, more frequent, if that makes sense, like compared to some other jobs? No, abs- absolutely. So in industries where um, the work demands are so high and the, the expectations um, become that, that, you know, you just work till the work is done. Um mm and your inbox is always full and, and there's, you know, you can work almost 24 seven. So in startups and coding and gaming and computer systems, um, you know, and, and I'm sure there's many other jobs where, where that's the case, um, that leads to a, a tremendous amount of suffering. Um, we, we look at, you know, so, so we have our little bubbles here of, of how we think in, in our lives. But if you look at places like you know China and, and other third world countries, um, you know they probably have to work like tremendous hours just to get enough to eat, um, mm. and and under conditions that are not not up to any of our standards. Uh, yeah. So so it it's a um, it's a it's a it's a problem that that we humans are facing kind of in in many areas and many places. Which is that's like culturally as well, like in cultures like like you said in China and places like that in Japan. Is that is that is it, yeah. is that is that quote sorry? Is it called Kuroshi? Is it Kuroshi? It's like a proverb which means like work till death or something like that. It's oh, wow, yeah, I didn't know that. I think that's what it is. I can Google that. Yeah, so, so whether that's, you know, the culture or whether that's the mandate from the companies, you know, that have a lot of power, or whether it's the government. Um, and then in, in other industries, it's the culture, like in, in the industry that, that you work hard. Um, and, and if you want to keep your, your status, if you want to keep rising up above, you know, that's what the expectation is. And no, there, there's certainly a fair amount of that in medicine. There was a lot of that in, in, in you know, uh, in, in uh, mm. with physicians. Yeah, and I would you say like kind of uh, like stocks, like people in stock in the stock exchange and that kind of job. I mean, that's pretty high intense as well, isn't it? You know, these it, it it's crazy. probably there's probably lots and lots of places where that high high demand and low low control, right? You have to work hard just to survive or to, you know, maintain your place or to climb above. Um, mm. You know that 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 breeds it for sure. Mm. Yeah, no, exactly. And I just I just searched that uh, yeah. term. I just said it. it's called Kiroshi. K-A-R-O-S-H-I, which can be translated literally as overwork death is a, is a Japanese term related to occupational sudden mortality. Yeah, yeah. 
working ourselves to death. It's pretty scary, isn't it? And I think sometimes people probably aren't aware of that almost. They just kind of, you know, go and go and go and go and. It's hard. You don't know what you don't know. So if this is, you know, like what everybody around you is doing, um, mm. you know, we're, we're used to, uh, you know, learning our cultural norms by, by observing what everybody is doing. Yeah. If that's what's expected, then that's what you got to do. Yeah, no, exactly. And I'll just, um, I had a thought a second ago, I was just going to ask. Like, um, do you, do you think it's kind of uh, like wired in us as people, because we're kind of born to you know to keep you know to work and survive and this kind of thing? Do you think a lot of it kind of comes down to, you know, like our wiring almost, or probably um, parents or genetically? Do you, do you think like if we? I don't know if there's. No, it's a it's a good question and it's interesting. So if if we like look at the world as it is today. And like I said, we don't really think too much about how the world was a hundred years ago or 500 years ago. But what I like to think about is kind of the, the, the time frame of human evolution. So the human as a species and, and as this part of a you know, group of species, you know, it's about 2 million years old. And um, about 70,000 years ago is when Homo sapiens, had what they call the, the cognitive revolution, where we don't know what happened, but we started to work together and to have tribes and we started to spread across the world. And we, we just kind of took over. Um, and we, we did that as hunters and gatherers for you know, 58,000 years for, for a long, long time. And then about 12,000 years ago, there was more of the agricultural revolution where we started to like form communities and cultures where we were like more stationary. Um, and what the evidence seems to show is that that transition made it so that we could have more people. It was easier to feed more people, but we had to work harder. There was more hours spent in, in feeding and, and um, taking care of the community. So we all started to work harder, but we had more stuff, right? We, mm -hmm. we were able to, to do things that we weren't able to do as hunters and gatherers. And then it's only in the last 500 years, right? That, that we've had a scientific and industrial revolution. And if you look at how we're living today, the sorts of work that we do today, like a hundred years ago, no one sat in a cubicle and coded games like for 12 hours a day. No one did that. No one worked in a factory a hundred years ago, right? Till, till their fingers dropped, you know, like making iPhones. Um, yeah or shoes or, or clothes or whatever it is that, that they're making. It's, it's been a very, very rapid transformation um, that that has happened. Um, and we're not evolved for that. We are evolved for figuring out how to stay alive and we are evolved for looking to see what people around us are doing. Right. So, mm -hmm. so hunters and gatherers, we had to pay attention to what our neighbors did and what they thought so that we could fit in with the tribe. That's how we learned as, mm -hmm. as, you know, young children was seeing what everybody else was doing. Um, and, and we were very good at picking that up. And now that that's what we, we look around, what are we supposed to be doing? We look around and we just jump into it. Yeah. Many it's times people don't have a choice too, right. Depending on where they are. Yeah. 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 No, that's a really good point as well. 
And I think, like you said, it's it's pretty amazing when you think about that, how we've yeah. gone from X, Y, Z to, to now. And it's not even yeah. that long ago, you know, yeah. that, that kind of peak or shift. Um, yeah. And I think especially with technology as well, that's just added like another layer onto it. And then yeah. you have social media and then the news and what other people are doing as well. Because like you said, it's, it's that kind of look at the drawer, isn't it? You know, where you're situated, where you live, where you're born. There's all these different things to it isn't that kind of adds you know yeah our quality of life how we feel yeah um you know compared to someone who might live somewhere where it's a lot going on around them there's yeah. going to be different um stress as well stresses as well isn't it yeah and, and happiness is not correlated to how hard we work or mm. or how much stuff we have at all um not even close and would you, you say like happiness, you know, is like you said, in that is one of those kind of quality, say quality. If someone's happy in what they're doing, they're not going to experience that burnout, if that makes sense. They're not going to as as much if you know if they're happy doing what they're doing. So I, I would agree. So if you're happy and inspired, it's hard to be burnt out. Um, mm. and happiness is a is a curious thing to think about. So uh, how to define it is very hard. Yeah. Uh, Tony Robbins, he says, happiness is making progress towards goals. There's a, a psychologist from Harvard, Sean Aker, who studies happiness. His definition of happiness, he says, comes from the ancient Greeks. It's uh, the feeling of joy that you get as you strive to fulfill your potential. Mm. And for me, happiness has, has two components to it. One is uh, we're never finished products right? Once we stagnate, if we stop growing and learning, you know, that that's not happiness. So we're not finished products, keep growing, keep learning. Um, and the second pillar is to figure out how you're going to blaze your own trail. Who do you want to become? What do you want to be doing? And to figure that out independently, according to, to what you want. Mm. Yeah, no, I think that they're really good points as well. And like, you know, I think like happiness, as you said, it's quite, it's quite complicated because people, what, what makes someone else happy is completely different to what makes, you know, the other person happy, isn't it? But people ultimately, like you said, you know, are going to not experience that burnout, you know, if they're in a good place, you know, in their emotional state. Um, and like if, if you're happy, you're going to, you know, feel different, um, like sense of belonging you, you're not going to experience those stresses but i think like you said people say to me you know there's always going to be like you said there's always going to be that stress you know stress is normal in some some you know times isn't it there's that healthy stress and then there's that like other unhealthy stress right right yeah and and happiness so after we finish our interview i'm going to go work out yeah. And it's a hard workout today. Um, I'm not looking forward to it. It's going to hurt. I'm going to breathe hard. My muscles are yeah. going to get tired. Yeah. Um, so I'm not happy thinking about it, but I'm very happy because I know when I finish, I'm mm. going to feel great. I'm going to be so happy that I did it. And I know that if I'm working out regularly, my mind is so much more accommodating to the things that are going on around me. I'm, um, I'm a lot less miserable to be around. So it, it, it's good, right? It's yeah. good in the long run. In the short run, um, it's going to hurt. I'm not looking forward yeah. to it, but I'm going to do it. Yeah. 
<laughs> no, I see. And I think like as well, like, you know, if you exercise, you, you feel better and you feel more, you, know, you feel more grounded. And, yeah. You know, once you do it, you, you feel great. But I think like when we start thinking about things, it's like, ah, oh, so, <laughs> so easy right. to, to then think that. But, and, um, it, you know. and it's true for so many things, right? As we strive to fulfill our potential, we have to make those decisions, the, the delayed gratification. So if you decide that you're going to spend time, you know, over the weekend studying, like, mm. like your material for exams that are coming up, you know, you could be doing lots of other things that would be more fun, more happy, uh, you know, talking to people, cooking, mm. eating, going out. Um, but you were going to delay that gratification because in the long run, you know that it's going to contribute more to your happiness in the long run. If you, mm. if you do your push-ups today, if you do your studying today. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's, that's definitely, definitely important. As you said, and that's, I think that's something that I've been learning a lot as well. Um, you know, especially for podcasting, because it takes a lot of time. Um, yeah. You know, it, it's Saturday here and, you know, like a lot of people at the weekend, they just kind of, you know, do play games or whatever or you know drink um but like you know like you know networking with people uh you know doing that publishing episodes and uh chasing emails and like sometimes that can be tedious you know those kind of back-end things but i you know except in in the long term in the delayed term you know it's, it's going to benefit it's trying like I said look at it right. in that perspective yeah 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 i just sorry no, go ahead I was just thinking, um, do you have any like uh, role models like or mentors like now or growing up at all? The, um, you know, one of the people that I really look up to these days who I really admire what they've done with their lives and their company is Dan Sullivan, who's the founder of Strategic Coach. It's a, it's a coaching company for entrepreneurs. Um, and, and he's been coaching for 40 years. He's in his 70s and still going super strong. And I, I really, really... Uh, admire him yeah wow that's awesome just shows doesn't it you know someone's passionate about what they're doing and that you know they're just you know striving you're just learning he says you know i'm just getting good at what i do right <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> and um do you have uh, any favorite books at all or um i'll give you a, i'll give you a couple um it can be hard sometimes yeah, there's a there's a book by Cal Newport called So Good They Can't Ignore You. Um, Cal Newport is a computer scientist, but he's also an entrepreneur and he's written a bunch of books. Most recently, they've been about focusing and, and deep concentration on, on, on things as a superpower. But an earlier book was So Good They Can't Ignore You. And it talks about how to think about your career, how to set up a career um, in a way that you're going to love your life. Uh, and it was so good. Uh, great stories. And at the end of each chapter, there are cliff notes so that you don't even have to read the whole book. You can just like take the, the, the nuggets out, you know, very quickly. Yeah. Um, there was a business book that I just absolutely loved. Uh, the, the, the book is called Creativity Inc. And it's about Pixar. And Ed Catmull, who was uh, the founder of Pixar, and as a young man, he had a dream. He had an aspiration that he wanted to be someone who started doing animation um, on the computer for like cartoons. 
nobody was doing anything like that. And it took like over 25 years for, for the coding and the computers to get powerful enough to, to do that. And he had to evolve from being a coder to being the manager of the talent of the coders, to being the manager of a company that came up with stories and animators and the, the directors and just a remarkable transformation that he had over the course of his life. And one lesson that he talks about was that he goes into situations and into days saying, you know, what am I missing? I'm always missing things and, I, and it's important to always be looking, you know, I don't have all the answers. I need to find out, you know, what are the pieces that are important for me to know that I'm missing? Mm. That's really powerful, isn't it, when you think about it? And like, you can see uh, like how far they've grown as well as a company. Yeah. And like yeah. where they're at, like everyone knows who they are. I don't know anyone who, if you, if you say, oh, what, what's your favorite Disney film? Or it's always like, you know, oh, Toy Story or, you know, yeah, it's, Toy Story was the first story that they made that that was animated. That was his dream. Twenty five years to get there, right? Wow, that's amazing, isn't it? Yeah. And he knew, like you know, back back then that he was he would end up in that place of doing it. Like he never knew that it was going to take twenty five years, right? So yeah. <laughs> so it, um, and he probably also didn't dream over the the possibilities that they could create um, mm. and the collaborations and the networking, right? So it's not just the the, the people doing the coding, but the directors mm. and the storytellers and the voice actors and mm. the, the, the people kind of coming together to tell a great story. It's, it's like, you know, remarkable, all the pieces that, that, that went into that. Yeah. Yeah, no, exactly. And it's like, they're, they're very like, you know, that's quite magical, isn't it? When you think about it, you, they are quite, you know, magical films when you watch them. There's something about them. There's something yeah. that resonates through it and it just shines through. Like, you know, you think they're, the people's love and qualities that go into making it, it's, it's highlighted, isn't it? Yeah, I think so. Um, and as well, like, just to like round up, like, uh, what, what, what would you say, like, kind of successes for you or like, you know, happiness, you know? So happiness, like I said, learning and growing and blazing my own trail. So moving from psychiatry um, and doing coaching is, is success for me, like, you know, um, and, and the biggest piece for me, like if you look back over the, the course over my, my life has been really that line in the sand, the, the moment of truth, uh, a commitment, like a true commitment that no matter what, you know, I've got it pretty good and I'm going to enjoy the ride no matter what. Mm. Yeah, no, that's really, really great. And I think, I think it's great what you're doing and, you know, it, it's been, you know, a pleasure like talking to you and, you know, hearing your story and, and, you know, talking about, you know, burnout and these, these important topics that I think, you know, need to be, you know, looked at. And, um, yeah, and I, you know, I hope people take, you know, a lot of value from this because I think, you know, there is a lot of value, you know, from, you know, what you've been saying and the things we've been talking about. And it's, Yeah, my, my pleasure, Adam. I'm so happy that, that, that you invited me to be a guest on your show and you're doing great things. I, I appreciate it. No, no, thank you. It really, really means a lot. It really means a lot and um, I'm really humbled and, uh, you know, I wish you continued success in what you're doing as well. And um, where can people find you on social media or your website? Yeah, so my, my website is uh, Manuel, M-A-N-U-E-L, asterisk, A-S-T-R-U-C dot com. And if you put a forward slash free, there's a video that my son put together from my morning musing. So on Facebook, every morning I do a, 
Manuel Astro Coaching. I do a morning musings, two or three minutes on uh, success, happiness, um, leadership. And my son looked at over 200 of these and he pulled them together and, and did a little video for you guys that you can find. Um, wow. So manuelastro.com forward slash free. That's awesome. Yeah. I'll, um, I'll definitely put all your details, you know, in the link for, for the people to find you as well. Thanks. But, Appreciate um, it. No, you're welcome. But I, you know, I wish you all the best when you're doing it. And I hope you have a great, great day today. Thank you so much. You too. You too. No, oh, thank you, Anjo. Thank you. All right. Got it. Adam, got it. Adam, got it. Parsivity, 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 Hi, I just thought I'd uh, make this announcement that I'm looking for someone to sponsor my podcast. If you would like to sponsor my podcast, um, please email me at thepositivitypodcast at gmail.com. And I'm also looking for, you know, people who want to advertise their content on my podcast as well also. Um, You know, we can talk more about it on a Zoom call or, you know, like a WhatsApp call or something. Um, you know, into the kind of um, deeper side of like, you know, how much it's going to cost and this kind of thing. But I'm looking for people, you know, who have a business or a product or a website or, you know, something that they kind of want to promote. I'm happy to promote that on my podcast and I will do a pre-roll, mid-roll, end-roll. So I'll, you know, talk about what your product is and where people can find it, how much it is and, you know, deals and this kind of thing. So if you have a product or know anyone that has a product that they, you know, want to put out there and they want to gain more traction, please, please, please email me at thepositivepodcast at gmail.com. Even if it's an app, you know, you have an app that people are creating, um, a website, a pod, you know, or or another podcast, uh, please get in touch and let me know and I'll be happy to uh, look into it and promote it on my show. But uh, yeah, you know where to find me at thepositivepodcast at gmail.com. Thank you. Hi, I'd like to say a massive thank you for listening to the podcast. I really hope that you was able to take some positive value away from this episode. I'm also on YouTube at The Positivity Podcast. If you would like, share and comment or subscribe, it would really help my channel to grow. I'm also a certified and accredited life coach that helps people to live a more fulfilling life and to achieve their goals. Any questions, any feedback for my podcast, you can email me at thepositypodcast at gmail.com. And any inquiries for life coaching, goal setting or mentoring, please email me also at the same email address, thepositypodcast at gmail.com. Now, I hope you have a great day and stay tuned for more episodes. Take care.